Yeah, I need the energy. I just, yeah, I had a little, <laughs> I had a little like black coffee this afternoon too. Okay, mm-hmm. five, four, three, two, one. Poop. <laughs> That's what I used to do with my toddler in the back seat whenever he got fussy in the car, and yet that's today's topic. Here with me to discuss something that everybody should talk about, and it should not be embarrassing, is the fabulous, fearless Dr. Raquel, our naturopathic MD. Raquel, this is a topic that I just feel like we all need to discuss. Yes, it's my favorite topic to talk about, actually. I spend so much time um, in my consultations talking about poop because it, it gives you so many answers. So many, and people don't think about it when they're first looking at fertility risk or infertility as a marker, right? It's not obvious. So why don't we back up a second and talk about like all the various markers before we even get to poop, because we've got, we got blood, we've got saliva, we've got poop. Mm -hmm. Now we've also got hair for various things. Yeah. Yeah. Poop can give you a lot of data. Poop can give you a lot of data. And a lot of times what I see most often, like you said, about that blood test is that sometimes for young women, their blood tests are off um, and it doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. I remember talking to a young woman and just her telling me that like her estrogen um, was way above what we like to see. So, you know, like infertility, we like E2 to be between like 25 to 75. Um, and hers was like in the hundreds, which isn't too far wow. off, but for someone 27, it doesn't really make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. So poop is actually a marker that can explain why your estrogen might be higher than it is. Fascinating. I had no idea yeah. about that. But it can also, it, it can also help like, uncover some um, GI disorders or some other you know, GI issues in general, like even celiac, that could actually be the cause of infertility as well. Yes, yes. And so um, I love that we are connecting the two because like we say, like in naturopathic medicine or even functional medicine, doctors will tell you the same thing. Your gut and your fertility are connected. Our whole bodies, that's why they call it like systems biology. It's all connected. Um, so we, we've heard of like our microbiome. This is like the bacteria um, and the fungi that make up your microbiome, all your gut bacteria. But what we don't know is that our gut has over 1,000 species of bacteria, some that are not even known yet. Um, But you want this to be balanced. And what happens is if this bacteria bacteria is imbalanced, it can affect the way um, that we um, break down estrogens. And so they start to circulate. And that's when women start to have those problems Um, like endometriosis and um, PCOS, and they kind of mirror these things that we see um, with our gut issues like celiac and IBS and things like that. Oh, very interesting. So when I, I mean, I I sort of consider the nutritional absorption issues and inflammation, I had never before considered hormones as part of that too. That if you have absorption issues of the hormones that everything's circulating together, so that can be affected too. What what are some of the symptoms of that? I mean, do you have to just look at the poop and look at it under a microscope or go through testing? Or, you know, is bloat going to be kind of an area where you, you look or even weight gain in the gut? I mean, what are some of the symptoms when you know that that, that absorption is really off? Yes. So I love that you said that because there's a research article that um, posted an, an interesting question. Is your bloat due to your gut health or to your hormones. And that's huge. It, wow. it brings us this new term that we know now as our estrobolome. Um, and this is just saying that 
it's pretty much breaking down how the bacteria in our gut is processing our estrogen. Um, so that's wow. what we call the estrobolum. It's a new word. Um, researchers are like pushing out all of this research on it. Um, but yes, it's looking at how when you have this buildup of estrogen, it not only affects your fertility, but it leads to different cancers, um, to endometriosis, breast cancers, prostate cancers. Having this buildup is causing a lot of issues in women and men. Okay, we're going to take a tiny break. This okay, is why okay. we edit. Okay, honey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish up my, my recording and then I'll um, do Legos with you. Okay, great. Okay, we are going to have to spell that word for everyone because <laughs> I don't even know how to spell it. And I feel like the most popular thing right now is to take two existing words and squish them together to make a I new know. word, right? It's like popular with companies and it's popular with researchers. But this is, this is incredibly fascinating. So, yes. you know, the key is how are we going to diagnose this? How are we going to test that this is really going on for patients? Because not everybody wants to give a stool sample. I don't even want to do it for my cats or my dog. Exactly. Exactly. But so to spell it, it's estro, like estrogen, E-S-T-R-O. Okay. Nimbolome, B-O-L-O-M-E. Um, okay. it's, it's kind of putting together estrogen and micro, microbiome. microbiome. Just like Got it. it together. Um, but the best way to know is going to be a stool sample. Um, I know people hate to do it, um, but it's such an important marker. And sometimes, especially today in the age of quarantine, you can do it in the privacy of your own home. Um, I right. know a lot of companies um, use like different stool analysis um, kits that can be sent to your home. So no one has to watch you do it. You literally do it at home. You put all the samples in an envelope in a box and you send it off. Um, but that's okay. how you're going to get this information. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, having been a mom of a newborn, you know, you pay attention to every poop. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense that we wouldn't, the older we get, that we would just like throw out all that education anyway. It makes far more sense that we're paying close attention to our bodies. Mm -hmm. What is like the healthy definition of your poop? I mean, what is it supposed to really look like? What's it supposed to really feel like, you know, when it does come out, Raquel? Yes. So um, what we use in school all the time, literally, I, I can remember it like yesterday, we used to pull up the Bristol stool chart. And before we would even get started talking about digestion, I would always pull up this Bristol stool chart so that you can see the varying levels of how your poop should look. Um, and it goes from a well-formed um, poop, so it's not too hard, not too soft. Um, and then it goes down the line to, okay, maybe it might be a little softer, you're more constipated, or you have a little bit more diarrhea. That's the standard um, for letting okay. you know how your poop um, should look or a healthy poop. Um, so there is a chart called the Bristol, Bristol chart. Stool star, the Bristol, Bristol stool, stool chart. chart. Try to say that 10 times really yeah. fast, huh? <laughs> I know, I know. And I know you guys will add it. But it's what a lot of GI doctors, it's what we use all yes. the time in med school um, when we saw patients, because it kind of helps you see like, oh yeah, sometimes my poop, it's maybe a little bit more well-formed um, in the morning, but then after I have like caffeine, it's maybe a little looser. So it helps patients to kind of identify like, oh yeah, I do notice that my poop is a little more like this or like that. So that's what we use to like signify healthy versus maybe a little more unhealthy. Got it. So let's also talk about IBS as it relates to endometriosis, because women with endometriosis seem to have a much higher risk of IBS, correct? Yes. Yes. And so, the biggest way that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Well, no, just, you know, if, if the, risk, the risk is three and a half times greater than those in the general population, but really historically, IBS kind of seemed like it was one of those catch-all things, you know, where, well, I'm not really sure what it is because I was diagnosed with IBS once and it was like, I'm not really sure what it is. So let's call it IBS. Exactly. Has, has the diagnostics on IBS improved or is it still kind of in that category of we're not really sure, so we're going to call it this? And unfortunately, that's how it is. A lot of doctors aren't sure, so they group everyone together. Um, and it's also very important to understand when your doctor's telling you that you have IBS, are they saying that you have irritable bowel, bowel mm -hmm. syndrome, saying that it gets irritated from different right. um, foods or conditions or inflammatory, meaning that your immune system is playing a part um, gotcha. in the digestive system. So it's also, it's very important to make sure you have a doctor that is, you know, well-versed yes. on what these different things mean. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of doctors, they kind of use the easy way to just say, um, it sounds like IBS. So let's, you know, just stop eating the foods that's causing it. But to me, the stool test is the best way to know, yeah, what's happening. So what are all the things that we are, we're going to look at if we do a stool test? I mean, if, if somebody's at your practice, are you doing heavy metals? Are you doing estrogen levels? What, like, what are all the things that you're going to actually look at? Now, now I'm curious. Now I want to do it. I know. I know. So there are so <laughs> many different types um, of stool tests. One that we use um, at school a ton, it broke it down into different areas, which I love. Not only did it break it down into different areas, it told you the right way to treat um, this specific pathogen. So first, oh, they, give you okay. the first mm -hmm, they give you the first sheet and you have a breakdown of all the pathogens, all the bacteria that should be in your gut. And they show that in relation to what might be off balance. And so it's almost like a scale and it tells you this is a bacteria that should be in your gut and this is healthy. But now you're having an imbalance of this bacteria that is very unhealthy. Um, it goes down and it shows you your gut in relation to people like in the population. And then in the next few pages, it shows you you what specific strains of antibiotics or any like nutraceuticals like um, berberines or olive oregano it'll tell you not only what antibiotics you can use but it also tells you more natural ways that you can kind of kill the bacteria in your gut as well um, and in naturopathic medicine we talk about it as the four r's so anytime we have someone um, and we do it we always do a gi test first um, but then we call it the four r's that's how we treat any patient and so the first R is going to be removed. So the test will literally tell you what pathogen might be causing this bloated, fatigue, low libido, things like that. First, wow. we want to remove that pathogen. And sometimes it does take an antibiotic. I'm a naturopathic doctor, but in some cases, in extreme cases of SIBO or, you know, mm -hmm. some patients that have really bad GI issues, sometimes the antibiotic is warranted. Um, because you want to get rid of everything first. So after we do the first R removed, then we replace. So then we try to replace um, your gut with healthy bacteria. And then we re-inoculate, which is the third R, um, with more healthy bacteria. And then we do more of repairing, which is the fourth R, with like healthy, um, healthy like herbs and nutrients to kind of help mm -hmm. repair those enterocytes in the guts and things. Nourish. Like that. I like that. It's mm -hmm. like a nourishing approach at the end, which, mm -hmm. which is incredible. I like how you distinguished between a food that might irritate your stomach for lots of those reasons, because there's a pathogen or a bacteria is imbalanced or what have you, versus that immune response where you might have like a full body histamine reaction or exactly that we don't even know, right? Or hives. Right, or something, exactly. or mouth sores, or something mm -hmm. like that. Talk to us though about celiac disease because isn't that related to autoimmune? Right, 
Right. So celiac is will be more of an inflammatory bowel disorder. And these these patients, it's not just like, oh, when I eat this, you know, I just feel, you know, my, I feel like upset. Like, no, these patients are physically ill mm. because the ingestion of that substance, it sends their body into an, a full immune attack. Um, so patients with celiac disease, they literally cannot be exposed to or eat these foods because they're inflammatory, they're infl- they're, sorry, their immune system um, can't handle that food um, or pathogen. So the patients who have celiac, it's going to be more of an autoimmune um, disorder. Got it. And that can lead to recurrent miscarriage, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of women um, that have symptoms that are similar to celiac um, or any IBD, IBS, um, things like that, they always want to make sure that they are clear on what is causing um, these symptoms. What I tell a lot of women who suffer with recurrent pregnancy loss, whenever you are starting your um, fertility treatments or you're trying naturally, you want to be very careful with gluten. So I know in celiac, that's one of the things they tell you to take away because gluten sets off an inflammatory response. So I tell my patients, you've waited so long, you're here, and now you're trying to conceive, let's just remove gluten altogether, just, just to be safe, you know, because to me, if we know that gluten is setting off this inflammatory response, why would we introduce it in the first place? You know? Gosh, of course, I love your approach, though. It's so positive. It's like you've already come this far, yeah. and now we're at, the, we're at both the starting line and the finish line you know, in yeah. some cases. And yeah. like, like you said, why would you intentionally put something in your body that you know is going to set off this negative response? And the yeah. immune system so involved in trying to get pregnant. That's the so last involved. thing that we want to do is so like, involved. yeah, you're walking into a fire mm-hmm. trying to, trying to conceive. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. that I love, I love your approach in that so much. What yeah. about just constipation and sort of the fecal consistency in terms of diabetes or hypothyroidism yeah so for that I always one of the first things I do is I like to do like a dietary assessment and I always like to see what what are you eating which a 24-hour dietary recall can always make somebody say oh wow (laughs) I thought I ate ate better than this but uh oh (laughs) right Um, that was me that was me the last three weeks to like tracking my food I was like wow I'm really realizing how often I eat Dante's leftovers I know. I'm like, yeah, that's what I always like to do first. Um, and I love that you said that because what I always find is I'll say, okay, so what, what do you eat that triggers different mm. um, changes in your, in your bowel movement? So they might say, oh yeah, I noticed that when I eat dairy, I feel a little bit more constipated or if I eat this, it gives me a little bit more diarrhea. And so I always help them to clue themselves in to see like, oh, I didn't notice it, but these foods are contributing to this GI imbalance. And in cases of like hypothyroidism and diabetes, you already are challenged with, um, you know, slower digestion. So I always encourage, you know, food first. So many people take so many supplements, but when you already have slower digestion, we have to get your bowels moving so that you are absorbing these nutrients and getting rid of the things that you do not need. Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense, right? You're just putting supplements that you're not even absorbing. What's the point in taking them? It's just a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I remember we said this before in one of our Facebook lives, it's not what you take it's what you absorb. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people take like a thousand, $500 supplement lines and they're like, and then I do a, you know, a micronutrient essay on them and it's like everything is depleted and it's because maybe your gut is inflamed and imbalanced and it's not absorbing any of the things that you're taking. I also notice, at least with me, this relationship between retaining a lot of water 
which would make you feel like you're kind of hydrated and, and actually having the opposite impact on stool yeah. being yeah. very dehydrated and like having things. So that's always like a trigger for me. It's like, if I eat too many carbohydrates or drink too much wine, and then I'll be retaining so much water for a few days and, you know, poop just dries up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, then it's like load up on vegetables or load up on, for me, lemon water does the trick yes. to like get things flushing and, mm-hmm. you know, losing the water retention and like truly hydrating the colon. Yeah. Are there exactly. other besides magnesium, are there other good ways to hydrate the colon if you're not really even absorbing nutrients or maybe even water very well, right? Yeah, no. I always recommend, of course, like things like magnesium, but also making sure that you are taking a really good probiotic. So a lot of people mm. aren't taking a good enough probiotic or a probiotic that is good enough for their gut specifically. So many of us, like we take probiotics that are just like on sale at the store, but you want to make sure what do I need for my gut? Do I need 20 billion CFUs? Do I need 50 billion CFUs? So oftentimes something else that could encourage digestion is making sure that you're getting the probiotic strain that is right for you. Yeah, that's okay. I wish we had more science on that. I know. Because <laughs> I know. it is frustrating. Now, I take a, an 11 strain. I don't even know how many billions of whatever, because everybody's got like billions and billions. But I do wish that our research would progress in this area because it is very difficult to tell people, well, like, start out small mm-hmm. and you're trying to go back to that Bristol poo chart because yes. you're trying to accomplish a certain objective with like the mm-hmm. quality of your poo. Yeah. And and you know when you get there, yeah. but along the way, you might make it looser, you may make it drier because it is. And then for us, I know when we travel internationally, you know, everything changes as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, it, it is yeah. a little bit of trial and error and it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. And I know like they have the different ones in the store. Like They'll have some near like the fem- feminine hygiene area or some near the gut, but then they, they never really tell you. It just says like for overall support, you never really know like right. what is good for what. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I always just try to encourage, you know, strains that encourage inflammation or anti help your mm-hmm. body to combat that inflammation that you may come in. Um, and like that you that may encounter. Sense. And yeah. so some of the ones that, our anti-inflammatory strains are going to be the bifidobacterium infantis, rhamnosus, okay. and cassai. Those are all the strains that are targeted for um, your, your immune system. Okay, so, got it. And those are the most common ones that you'll see in the store anyway. Okay, got it. Yeah. Now, what about, what about having to poop every day? Does everybody need to poop every day to be considered healthy? Yes. So that's a big, a really big thing that is very, it's like a... It's like a misconception that, oh, I don't have to poop every day or I poop every other day or I poop um, every two weeks. I've, I've even heard some. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be so cranky. I know. You would know <laughs> if I hadn't pooped in two weeks, you would just know. I know. And you'll feel it. I feel like you, yes. you will feel it that you haven't pooped. But yeah. So it's supposed to be almost like our, our doggies, like our pets. We're supposed to have bowel movements the same way. Every time you eat a meal. Right. It takes a little bit of time, but you should have a bowel movement immediate, immediately following. Got um, it. Okay. That's the, yeah, that's how you know you have like proper digestion, but it has to also be specific to you. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that has a lot to do with the foods you're eating, right? So I mean, yeah. we, have, we can do whole shows on like, here's the ideal diet to make sure you poop every day. So where could, if somebody does want to dive deep on this though and get a stool test done, mm-hmm. where should we point them? 
Yeah, so you can absolutely book an appointment with me. Um, I actually um, have an, appoint, uh, an account with a company who does a full GI analysis. Um, Hold on one sec. Dante, we're recording and you're actually interrupting the recording, honey. So you're actually like putting your hand in front of the recording, including the light. I don't want the light because it's making a circle on my glasses. That's why I took it off. Thank you. Let us finish up. We're on our last thought. Okay, Dr. Raquel, if we want to point everybody in the right direction, where should they access a, a stool sample? Yes. So you can absolutely book an appointment with me through my website. Um, I can Great. lead you in the right direction. Um, I actually have an account with a company who can send a GI test directly to your home. Um, you can do it in the comfort of your home. And then once you get your results back, we can go over it together and come up with the plan. Um, okay, so great. definitely get in contact with me if this sounds like something you're interested in. Okay. Love that. So um, we will make sure to include all those links, of course, in the comments and everything else. You can always ask Dr. Raquel follow-up questions. Dante, you're cutting off the camera, dude. His friend had to go early. So now he's, 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 but that's crazy. Sorry, Gloria. This is going to be so hard for you to edit today. I'm sorry. Give us a nice transition in between takes. It's okay. So as always, uh, we, you can find Dr. Raquel on the Fertility Answers app, both iOS and Android. We'll make sure that her website, thefertilityadvantage.com is easily accessible to you. If you like this content, if you know somebody who needs to be talking about their poop who isn't, please share our content, subscribe to us, like us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, anywhere that you are, we wanna be. So we appreciate you all so much. Uh, thanks for letting us talk about poop. We all should be talking about it, not Everybody. just always. Everybody needs to talk Everybody. about it. <laughs> Thank you, as always, Dr. Raquel. Thank you. See you Bye. next week.